world. This is the Bet Labs Podcast. My name is John Ewing. On today's show, updated World Series odds, a look at scoring in the NBA, why we should all be fans of Georgia Tech this week in college football, and then does the 80-20 rule still work in NFL betting? But first, let's say hello to our co-host, Travis Reed. Travis, Baseball is so boring. <laughs> yeah, we got to start there. What a game last night. Uh, one of the best World Series games I've ever seen. Uh, probably the best since 2011 Game 6 uh, as far as just – Now, what was that 2011 Game 6? I forget. Uh, that, that was Rangers-Cardinals. Uh, oh, right. Rangers were, yep. had it down to the final strike a couple of times and Cardinals come back. Uh, yeah, last night was crazy. Just a bunch of – uh, late-inning heroics, just punching and back and forth. Uh, just a good heavyweight fight, and yeah, I put that on Twitter last night. I just don't understand the people that say baseball is boring. Uh, I just challenge you to watch both uh, Game 1, which was like a two-and-a-half-hour pitcher's duel, or Game 2, which was five hours of just slugging it out. I think both are both pretty exciting uh, ways to play baseball. So, um, yeah, I just don't get those people, but uh, it's uh, great for us to enjoy the game. Brutal, brutal for anyone who had the under last mm-hmm. night, three to two in the eighth. Uh, then, of course, it goes to extra innings and home runs galore. Majority of the bets, over 60%, were on the under seven and a half. Uh, tough beat. We were on uh, the Dodgers last night, had a pro system. It was being contrarian, going against the public. That looked good, too. Yeah. And then we got snapped off. So when you have a 3 1 lead, Going into the eighth, you got to feel pretty good, but that's uh, what makes baseball betting exciting, uh, and that can happen from time to time. So now that the series is tied 1-1, Travis, uh, what do the odds look like? Uh, who's favored to win? Anything jump out to you? Uh, yeah, so uh, the Dodgers are still slight favorites. Uh, they were minus 125 this morning, Astros plus 105 uh, for the series. Um, you can actually bet on when it's going to end. Uh, if you think it's going to end in five, uh, plus 294, and in six A gentleman's sweep. Astros win four in five games of five to one. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, no Dodgers, uh, Dodgers plus 750 to win in five games. Um, it, It's possible. That's I, I actually, even though the next three are at Houston, I think it's more likely that um, – the Dodgers win the next three, then Houston wins the next three, just with the pitching matchups, um, you know, Darvish and McCullers. Um, and then also you would presumably have Kershaw in game five. So, um, But um, I, I actually looked uh, on five times this morning. You can bet that the series ends in six at plus 155, uh, ends in seven at plus 149. Uh, it's actually uh, tickled my fancy there just to bet both sides of that and uh, lock in some profit, assuming – Neither team is able to win the next three games in a row. Uh, that was the only thing that jumped out at me. I haven't seen any Ooh, I, I do like that, too. That makes sense. I mean, there's no way one team just takes the next three. I, d- I don't see that happening. I mean, there so, is yeah, a way, you can... but, yeah, I think, it's, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the odds are pretty low. Uh, so, yeah, I think taking both at around plus 150, I think, is a uh, good way to lock in some profit there. I didn't see what the limits are. I hadn't actually bet it yet or anything. Uh, I was also looking dollars. for MVP odds. I, I, yeah, then – uh, transfer all your Bitcoin into this prop. Um, I didn't see any uh, World Series MVP odds. I was looking for those this morning to see how those had fluctuated. Obviously, Correa and Altuve, you would think, would go up after their late-ending home runs last night. Um, and obviously, all the Astros, because their chances to win the series, uh, went up after the win. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how those shake out as well. 
Yeah, I think it would probably be good to get back on Kershaw. If you didn't take him before the series, he was uh, a clear favor after game one. But then with you know all the home runs being hit, I could see his odds coming down a bit. And with the Astros evening the series at a game apiece, there could be some doubt there. But like you said, without knowing the exact odds, but I, I assume they're probably going to be inflated a little bit and you could uh, get back on at a decent price. Yeah, um, and I think you could probably do that. If you like any of the Dodgers, um, you know, now you can obviously get a better price. Uh, Seager, even though he hit a home run and a losing effort, a lot of times people will just look at, okay, over the course of the six games, he had two homers and hit 500. Um, you know, they don't necessarily care what, that the home runs helped the team win the games that he hit them in, but, uh, so maybe his price will, uh, be good after last night as well Travis we're a little over a week into the NBA season and scoring is up uh, averaging 112 points per game that's the most here in the last decade so how has increased scoring impacted totals uh, affected over-unders is there any betting angles to take here or something that we should know about? Well, yeah, we've seen, um, you know, scoring just shoot up uh, basically as we've got more and more data, more and more of that tracking information, and really just teams getting smarter, uh, just shooting a lot more threes. Uh, it somehow took the league, you know, 30 years to figure out threes are worth more than twos. Um, but they've done it. Um, last year, uh, you know, they were at 211.2 points per game. This year, tracking at 212. Uh, the problem is, as far as a betting angle, the uh, the sports books, the odds makers, they've been keeping up uh, the whole time. So there hasn't been any way that you've been able to take advantage of this uh, surge uh, in over in scoring uh, because they've been increasing the totals at the same rate. So unfortunately, not much of a betting angle, but it is interesting to look at just how many games uh, you know we're seeing. Um, you know, almost 18% of the games last year had a total of 220 or more. Uh, you know, just 10 years ago, that was less than 1%. So uh, we're just seeing tons and tons of scoring. Um, all the teams in the league have kind of caught up to the idea of this, you know, get corner threes and layups and just forget about most of the mid-range game. And that's led to uh, increased effective field goal percentage. Uh, teams are playing at a higher pace, and we're seeing a lot more scoring because of that. Yeah, so great for fantasy. No no real angle from betting perspective. Turns out the guys in Vegas uh stay up on stay on top of these types of uh improvements in efficiency and scoring because, you know, they have casinos that they need to build. Yeah, they kind of know what they're doing out there. For, uh, <laughs> I've heard that a time or two. Travis, uh one thing I want to talk to you about in college basketball was uh UNC's Joel Berry. He broke his hand punching a door after losing in a video game. And I don't want to bring this up because I care about UNC's title odds or how that might impact it. But really, it's just – hasn't everyone done this? I mean as soon as I saw that, I go, yeah, I've done that. No, that, that's a rookie move. I've never done that. I've broken many a controller. That's the key. Okay, I guess that's what you, I'm You I'm got, you got to throw the controller. Yourself. Yeah, you got, you got to protect the hands and throw the controller and just shatter it. Uh, you get a blue shell right at the finish line of Mario Kart. Boom, just chuck that <laughs> controller against the wall, just shatter it in pieces. Uh, yeah, but you got to be smart there. Can uh, Especially if you're a college athlete, uh, got to protect the hands there and just go ahead and break the controllers, ask a booster to buy a, a, a new one, and then you'll, you'll be all set for the next round. I guess he's never seen Bull Durham. You don't punch right. a drunk guy with your throwing hand. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. got to go lefty. Uh, so no uh, – I don't ding him for getting angry about the video game, but I guess we gotta, uh, you know, 
knock him down one for hurting himself when his hands are his uh, future right. for a payday, I guess. Uh, college football, Travis. Next week, the selection committee will release their rankings for the first time this year. There are actually odds on which teams will be in the top four of the rankings. Not which teams are actually going to make the playoffs, just which teams will be in the top four of their rankings. So if you had a free $100, uh, where would you put a bet? Um, yeah, so first of all, this is crazy that you can bet on this. Um, that You can bet on just what the rankings will be, not who's actually going to make <laughs> it. Uh, but if I had to bet... I should, I should uh, note, too, that Alabama is not listed with odds right. to, to be in the top four or to not. That's just... How they're just so clearly the number one team that the odds makers are like, okay, now never mind. Yeah, they're they're not an option, so I can't just uh, take the sucker way or the easy way out and uh, just take them. I'll actually take Ohio State, yes, and mm-hmm. plus two ninety. Um, you know, they're they're favorites this week. If they get that win over Penn State, um, they're currently at six. I think they would jump up in there. I think they would leapfrog Wisconsin, who doesn't have a very good resume, doesn't have a big win like Ohio State would if they beat Penn State. And, of course, I think they would be ahead of Penn State with the head-to-head. So uh, Ohio State plus 290 there to uh, to make the playoff. I was going to say, yeah, Penn State, Ohio State, I, we're going to talk about that game more here in just a minute but that one seems like the easy could you parlay uh penn state no and ohio state yes they probably wouldn't let you <laughs> i'm probably i'm guessing that's a little bit correlated so they'd probably shut that one down <laughs> yeah so that is a real prop bet not one that we're making up another real prop bet heisman odds uh they update them every week right now travis sam darnold is not the favorite he was in the preseason now he's a long shot at 50 to 1 he hasn't had a great year usc's been up and down so this just goes to show you right we talked about this before the year began but betting preseason favorites to win the heisman are just a bad idea yeah um it's just the season never goes the way you really think it's going to go um another favorite up there was lamar jackson the you know won it last year he has not had a good year either he's not even uh he's a long shot as well he's not really in the conversation he's a hundred to one yeah right now. so um yeah the, taking those early favorites just not a good idea if you want to take the early long shots that's uh that's been a better bet but usually um you know taking these guys that come out of nowhere the one guy that has uh he did have some uh decent odds before the season saquon barkley he's the uh, favorite at plus 100 so even money uh, along with Love at plus 245. Right now they see it as a two-horse race. Um, and then you got a couple uh, or three, actually, quarterbacks at uh, Baker Mayfield and JT Barrett at plus 1350. And then my guy, Mason Rudolph, at 32-1 to one, um, following that. But right now it looks like a two-team or a two-man race, and it doesn't involve any of the uh, favorites that were uh, there at the beginning of the year. Yeah, Barkley was 15-1 to one before the season started. Uh, Travis, interesting game between Clemson and Georgia Tech. Now, why should everyone be a fan of the Yellow Jackets this week? Um, so, because that gives us the opportunity, opportunity, if I can say it, um, to fade against one of our uh, best systems, and that's a uh, ranked team on a losing streak. It's tough to do because usually, if you lose a couple games, you drop out of the rankings. But if you start high enough, like Clemson did. And then you lose a couple games in a row, and then you can fade that team in that third game. It's just been one of the uh, most profitable betting systems that we have. Uh, it doesn't happen a whole lot, but uh, you know, hits around that 70% ATS mark, which you can't argue with. So, uh, yeah, if Georgia Tech can get the upset over Clemson, uh, it'll make a, ga- a great fade spot uh, for Clemson uh, next week as well. 
Yeah, Tigers uh, favored by 14 right now at home against Georgia Tech. It's unlikely that they lose this game. They haven't lost back-to-back games since 2011, and they've won 26 of their last 27 home games. But still, it would be so much fun. So if you're going to watch that game and you don't have a bet on it, you have a rooting interest now because we all want Georgia Tech to come out on top. So like Travis said, we can fade Clemson uh, in Week 10. How about some other trends, betting angles? we got Penn State, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, TCU, Iowa State, Notre Dame, NC State. A lot of great matchups this week. Uh, so any contrarian angles we could take? Uh, so, yeah, I want to start with the big game, the Penn State, Ohio State. Uh, and looking at Penn State, uh, we actually liked Michigan last week, but Penn State blew them out. Um, but if you look Looked at decent in the first half, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, top 10 teams after an easy cover, which is what Penn state just had is just 73 and 95 against the spread. That's 43.5% against the spread. Um, so that'd obviously be a, a spot to fade Penn state there in that matchup. Uh, one, uh, game that pops out TCU, uh, 70% of the bets are on, uh, on the Horn Frogs. Uh, so that that's usually for us that's usually a fade right like okay 70% right. so we'll take but in matchups of top 25 conference teams the favorite is 242 and 197 that's 55.1% against the spread uh, so they are the favorite uh, on the road there against Iowa State should be a good matchup there as well um, but what do you like this week what uh, jumped out to you with the uh, with the trends uh, another one for that Ohio State Penn State game Buckeyes coming off a bye week. Uh, Urban Meyer is 11-4 and four against the spread after a bye. Top 25 teams at home off a bye are 60% against the spread. Uh, so a couple more trends pointing to Ohio State right there. Something I thought was interesting, number five, Illinois or Wisconsin at Illinois. In the college football playoff era, ranked versus unranked teams, uh, all top 25 teams, have covered less than 48% against the spread. Top 10 teams are less than 45. And top five teams, like Wisconsin, have gone just 61 and 90. That's right at 40% against the number. So, you know, we've talked about highly ranked teams, big spreads in the college football playoff era, not covering as much as they used to. There's less incentive to run up the score. Just really interesting to keep in mind. I think casual bettors see, uh, you know, teams that are highly ranked tend to bet them and it has not worked out for them in recent years. Yeah. Uh, and one more thing I want to – I'm going to get on my soapbox here. Is there – like can there be a committee that works with college football scheduling? Because it seems like every week we get the best three or four games all in the same time slot. Last week it was all like 8 p.m. Eastern time slot. This week it's all the 3.30 uh, time slot. So at 3.30 you get the Penn State-Ohio State game, NC State-Notre Dame, TCU-Iowa State, Georgia-Florida – uh, basically all the best games of the day, UCLA, Washington, you can throw that one in there all at the same time. We need to, and I'll, and I'll volunteer to be head of the committee, but we need to start spacing these things out. Um, well, once they figure that out, they can go to the NFL too. Cause do we need 11 games at noon and then three <laughs> in the afternoon? It just kills your buzz. I mean, it's, you're like, yeah, so much action. And it's like, Erp. yep. Three games to watch. Ugh. Yeah, I wish they uh, would switch that one up too. Just any game that involves a West Coast team, just bump it down to the 3 o'clock game. It's pretty easy. Speaking of the NFL, Travis, we've updated our simulations. A lot happened in Week 7. Who were the biggest winners and losers? Uh, The big winners, the Rams, uh, won a big game against Arizona on a neutral field. Um, But, yeah, their odds jumped 20.5%. 
Uh, also, the Saints. That was to make the playoffs, correct? Uh, yes, yes, not to win the Super Bowl. That would be a huge jump. Uh, <laughs> yes, to make the playoffs. Uh, they're actually throw all your money on LA. <laughs> they're gonna win it all. That, yeah, that's all. As soon as they beat the Cardinals, that's all we needed to see. They're definitely the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, obviously, kidding. But yeah, the Rams uh, playoffs jumped up a lot. Also, the Saints in the NFC jumped up 16.3 percent. Uh, the losers this week, Carolina, tough loss at Chicago, where they only completed like four passes. Um, Carolina went down uh, 24% in the odds. Also, Denver getting blown out by the Chargers. Uh, your Chargers, who you picked before the year, uh, they looked dead uh, in the water early on, but uh, they're making a little push here to maybe no, get back. No, they're just they're – just... Gonna oh, be yeah. cock teases. That's oh, what yeah, they that's, are. That, that's exactly what it's gonna do. They're gonna like make it, like finish one game behind the standings, make the wild card just to make the you first make it. half against the Patriots is gonna be close, and then it'll be like that uh, Penn State Michigan game. They're just gonna <laughs> just thump them so hard, and it'll be like I'm like yes, I'm really gonna have a chance here. They can get to 500. No, wrong. Uh, I, and I there's no like way to hedge either right now. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just stuck with it. Yep, I just at least. It's not completely dead, and I have you know some excitement, but uh, yeah, okay. So those were the big winners and losers. You know, we update our power rankings two each week, and the Eagles are six and one. They have the best record in the NFL, yet they're not ranked ahead of uh, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Chiefs. Okay, you can make cases for that. But we have the Cowboys ahead of Philly. Why is that? Uh, just to piss off all the Philly fans, really. Just <laughs> I, I just made a little adjustment the there numbers. in the numbers. Yep, just a just a little tick up for Dallas, a little tick down for Philly. Uh, no, a lot of it just has to do. Um, you know, we're we're basically looking at how are they going to be going forward. Um, and I guess you can make the case that Philly would be favored over Dallas right now on a neutral field, and we have it the uh, other way around. But it wouldn't be like a total. Um, like they wouldn't be three-point favorites, I don't think. So, um, yeah, we're just looking at the total talent going forward. Uh, we did tick down the Eagles a little bit uh, for losing their left tackle, Jason Peters. That does actually hurt. Um, I- I'm starting to think, uh, and we're kind of, uh, player injuries are, are tough to quantify how much it hurts the team, but we're seeing more and more that the, uh, the receivers, the running backs, when those guys go down, teams are able to replace those guys a lot easier than, okay, your left tackle went out. Uh, your center goes out, things like that. Usually lose those uh, linemen, uh, makes a big impact. So they did get ticked down just a little bit. Uh, really like Dallas's. Um, you know, they had a lot of talent going into the season. They still have that talent, uh, you know, right now. So just going forward, we think they're just a smidge better than Philadelphia, but it's it's neck and neck there. A couple other notable injuries from Week 7. Uh Dolphins and Cardinals both lose their quarterbacks. Palmer out for the season. Cutler uh, done for just a couple weeks here. But what impact has that had on both of those teams' odds? Anything at all? I mean, these aren't the you know top esh- upper echelon quarterbacks. Yeah, Arizona's dropped uh, a little bit. Um, you know, Palmer's not great, but he is better than uh, either Stanton or Gabbert, who would replace him. Um, as far as Cutler to Matt Moore, uh, the Sim actually likes Matt Moore a little bit more because he throws less interceptions. Um, so they actually ticked up a bit with Matt Moore in this game than they would with Cutler. Um, and the uh, the ATS stats actually show that Matt Moore is a decent quarterback. Obviously, you want to win the game, but as far as betters are concerned, he's gone 20-8 and eight against the spread. Uh, Drew Stanton, not bad himself, 10-4 and four with a push. 
so both guys have been able to um, you know stay within the number uh, even if they're not able to go ahead and get the win but as far as mattering uh, to the spread there's basically not much difference between Cutler and Moore a little bit of a drop-off to Palmer to uh, Stanton or if they decide to go to Gabbert it's really disappointing I think uh, even casual betters know that Matt Moore is a decent quarterback, at least when it comes to covering. Like you said, 28 against the spread tonight. Dolphins plus three on the road against the Ravens. And 57% of bets are coming in on Miami. So it's like, ugh, you know, I, I don't really want to be on the side with the public taking more as an underdog. I'm, I'm not sure about this game. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I think according to our ratings, uh, Miami's probably the most overrated team. Uh, if you just looked at their record, um, we have them down at like number 25 or 26, I believe. Um, so even though they're four and two, they've kind of, you know, they've, they've done with smoke and mirrors a little bit. So um, they are one of the least likely teams with a winning record to make the playoffs at just 25 percent chance. Yeah, just really, really don't like their chances going forward. Don't think they're actually that good of a team. Um, and now actually Schefter was reporting that Cutler's likely to be back next week. Um, so uh, I would actually lean a little bit towards Baltimore in this game um, because I think that home field advantage in that short week, uh, I still think is a little bit undervalued by the odds makers. And I think, like I said, the uh, the 4-2 and two record there for Miami isn't indicative for how good they are. How about some division value bets? Uh, we've updated the odds. We looked at the betting markets, and we found four teams that we think right now have value to win their division and i think they're contrarian plays as well yeah i really like these and this is why i usually don't bet uh divisional races before the season there's just not as much value um we we saw some on the cowboys whenever zeke went uh thought he was going to get suspended for a while uh, and went ahead and locked in that one but uh usually these other ones you can wait until you're halfway through the season to get some good odds uh jaguars plus 210 we actually have the jaguars are the most likely champion in the afc south at 53.9 percent um really like their defense their running game obviously they have blake bortles um but i mean in that in that division, a lot of people are liking what Deshaun Watson's doing, so he's kind of uh, getting hot. Uh, the Titans, I uh, don't really get why they're higher than the Jaguars at all. At least Houston, you could make the case, um, but I don't really get it with the Titans. But Jaguars plus 210, I think that's great value. Another team on a two-game losing streak, the Chiefs minus 160, 80.3% to win the division by our odds. Uh, they've basically gone through all of the tough games in their schedule. They're really only quote-unquote tough game I would have left for them is at Dallas, uh, but they've already played at New England, who's a number one team, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. uh, Philly, and at Oakland, um, so they've really, the tough part of their schedule is over, so they're going to have, I wouldn't say smooth sailing by any course, but um, you know, it's going to get easier for them on this way out, and I think now's the lowest point of the season you can get them, so minus 160. Uh, a couple other ones, Seahawks minus 175 has some value, and the Saints at plus 145 uh, we think they should be the favorite in the NFC South. Yeah, I like all of those. I mean, Seahawks, that number should be higher. It's not because the Rams have looked good to begin the season. And, yeah, in the NFC South, it's kind of a cluster with the Falcons and Panthers, two teams that we like coming into the season as well. But uh, New Orleans on a run right now after dropping their first two games of the season. Their defense, great stat here from ESPN. But in the 11 years that Breeze has been, with the Saints five times the defense has been average so they allowed less than 24 points per game 
They've gone 58 and 22 <laughs> in those games. In the other six seasons, when the defense was garbage, kind of what we usually think of when we talk about Saints D, uh, giving up more than 24 points per game, they're just 43 and 53. So even when they're terrible, Breeze has kept them about 500. And when the defense can just be middle of the road, you win a Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, that's all. That's all they need. They need the defense to be average, because uh, Drew Brees is one of the I don't know, top ten quarterbacks of all time. So uh, yeah, if you can just you know keep it low, he he can get you 25, 30 points a game. So um, yeah, it's interesting to see how New Orleans has done so far. Uh, they drafted some uh, people in the secondary. Obviously, that looks like that's paying off. So we'll see if New Orleans uh, continues to. Uh, climb up our our polls right now. Like I said, we have them in the uh, most likely playoff, along with Philly, Seattle, Minnesota, the Rams, and the Falcons. Travis, I think it's important that we go back and reevaluate betting systems year to year because something that worked, you know, five ten years ago might not work this season because either rules have changed or betters have caught up to what we're doing. A, a simple strategy for NFL was the eighty twenty rule. Uh, and that was just if a team was getting tons of lopsided action, so 80% or more of the bets, just simply bet against them and fading those popular teams had been profitable. Is that still something we can do today? Um, not with just that one rule. Unfortunately, it's not that easy anymore. Um, a, we don't actually see it that lopsided anymore, uh, and we've actually seen it drop off percentage-wise as well. Uh, from 2003 to 2011, uh, it was 56.8% against the spread. Uh, from 2012 until now, that's dropped to 51.8%. So, um, yeah, people have caught on a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that's not as profitable as it used to be. Uh, one thing We can look at some other things. Underdogs of uh, touchdown or more, that improves the rate. Uh, you can look at some other things, but... Uh, what I like what you did was looking at the dollar percentages, which we just recently got uh, about a year uh, year or so ago, and starting yeah, to look we've been at tracking since 2016. Yeah, so uh, looking at the 80/20 rule for dollars instead of just spread bets, and uh, so far um, small sample size, uh, but we'll continue to monitor that and see if that's maybe the new 80/20 rule going forward, is looking at the actual dollars spent rather than uh, looking at where the spread tickets are. Yes, because using the spread dollar percentage, if, if teams get 20% or less, uh, it's over 65% against the spread. Like you said, small sample, but it's still producing more picks in the last two years than using the betting percentages. Because I think, you know, Bet Labs, Sports Insights, we have pounded the theory of going against the public. And now that betting percentages are just available everywhere, I mean, you can go to Sports Insights, their free odd page. And anyone can get that information. So once they see a game being lopsided, you start getting action on the other way where you what you don't have access to are the spread dollar percentages. Now, the Bet Labs users do, which is awesome. So I think that could be an edge for us going forward. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, and yeah, like what, what you said is exactly right. We've seen that more and more with the uh, the betting percentages, especially late towards the game. People are waiting to see if it's lopsided. Uh, so they see it's at, you know, 25, 26, 27 percent. We'll actually see a bunch of people jump on that side late and actually push that up, you know, to where it's like 30, 35 percent, somewhere around there. So um, it's harder to get those 80, 20 games to, to pop up because of that, because people know more about the rule. So they're actually betting on it and they're themselves betting on it is causing it not to fit anymore. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be fun to see how this, uh, the money percentages pan out after we have, you know, multiple seasons of data. Travis, I know most people are are done, but we're going to keep doing it because 
there are still people in survivor pools. Philly it has the biggest line. They're the most likely winner, but they're not that chalky this week. No, uh, Minnesota is the chalk, and really there's a bunch of options this week. There's a bunch of big spreads. Um, really the main rule, I would say, is do not take Minnesota. Um, you know, 40% of picks at Yahoo are currently taking the Vikings. Basically, everyone's just still on that fade the Browns train. Um, really, I think the best pick is Cincinnati. Uh, I think fading the Colts train is just as strong, but you're uh, not, you know, you're not on the same pick as everyone else. Uh, Philly is right there. I think Cincinnati and Philly are the two picks. Um, if you've already used Philly, obviously Cincy. If you already used Cincy, Philly. But even New Orleans, New uh, New England, Kansas City, Seattle. I would even take Baltimore only as a three-point favorite before I would take Minnesota, um, just because of the the implied odds and the the expected value. Whenever you're on the same side as 40% of the uh, competition. Let's talk some contrarian betting angles for week eight in the NFL. There's a number of games here that I think we can go against the public and profit on. Yeah, um, the first one, double-digit dogs after a double-digit loss, um, 106-83-4. That applies to San Francisco, who just got blown out by Dallas. Uh, a lot of people thought they would keep that a little bit closer than they would. Um, but yeah, San Francisco currently getting 13 points against Philly, who just looked good on a uh, on a prime time. A lot of, you know, everyone's like we just said. Eagles have the best record in the league. They they probably couldn't be higher in better's eyes than right now. So it looks like the perfect time to uh, to bet against them and take take the Niners and a bunch of points. Um, another one, Carolina just looked like complete ass last week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's not not really a better way to put it. But, uh, yeah, uh, dogs after scoring three or fewer points, 84 and 62 against the spread. That's 57.5%. Carolina currently getting two points on the road against division rival Tampa. Uh, so good time to buy low on Carolina after they looked just, just terrible last week against the Bears. Uh, what other contrarian options you got for our listeners today? <laughs> Uh, the, with that Panthers too, six times they were inside the Bears 40 yard line and they scored three points. I, I mean, that's just it was almost a, Im- it was a fluky game. Uh, <laughs> it was. Yeah, that was completely complete randomness. Uh, I like the Panthers to bounce back here and the public uh, to be off of them. I, you know, you touched on the 49ers Eagles game. I agree. I think San Francisco is the play there, and with the Eagles, you touched on. Uh, Double-digit dogs after a double-digit loss. How about double-digit favorites first winless teams? Just 36-51. and 51. That's 41% against the spread. So uh, all of, both of those trends just saying like, hey, look, when it looks too good to be true, it probably is. These teams that are trending up going against you know a team that's at the bottom, it doesn't stay that way. In the NFL, teams regress to the middle, especially week to week. There's so much variance. Uh, another team that's like that as well. Broncos looked like garbage the last two weeks. Uh, you know, get upset by the Giants in one of the biggest uh, money line upsets of the season. Then they get uh, shut out against the Chargers. Now they're touchdown seven and a half point underdogs in Kansas City. So contrarian underdogs getting less than fifty percent of spread bets after a blowout. So twenty or more points, two hundred and thirty-two and a hundred and seventy-seven against the spread. So large sample, consistent winning results. Uh, not that Denver's going to win this game, but seven and a half, getting that hook especially, 
I like the Broncos plus the points. Yeah, um, we'll, and we'll give out our official picks here in just a second. Or maybe we should just do that now because we kind of touched on them just a little bit. Unless you had something yeah, else Yeah, let's to. do it. Uh, no, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. the Broncos are mine, uh, plus 7.5. Like you said, the hook is really important. Right now I'm looking at the live odds page. I've already seen a few books that have moved to 7. Um, so I would definitely, you know, shop around that, that, like you said, that half point could, uh, mean a world of difference, uh, when it t- comes time to the game. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, Broncos fit, uh, three of our pro systems right now. One of them I like is road trip off a loss with favorable line movement. It's 63% all time, already four and one this season. Uh, when you get teams going, uh, road games back to back, uh, usually, um, you know, you can, they'll be on a, and they're on a losing streak. It's tough to win on the road. Um, so you go back to back, you can actually get some favorable line movement here, getting the Broncos, getting that extra half point, I think is key. So that's my official pick, even though it's going against my chiefs, um, I at least have enough of a emotional middle there where uh, they can win the game and the Broncos can still cover. Oh yeah. You have, you have ton of space there to get a win and cover for your chiefs. I love the Broncos a lot this week. Um, the play we touched on it, Eagles, 49ers. Niners just getting too much points. I know they're winless. I know Philly has the best record in football, but too many points. Uh, We got double-digit dogs after a double-digit loss, especially when it's going against the public, has been awesome, up over 70% against the spread. Uh, So smaller sample there when you you start getting uh, teams getting less than 40% of bets. But just in general, we know double-digit dogs after a big loss – have been profitable same thing here with the 49ers and travis we want to give out one for college just for funsies we got to give out the big game right sure let's do it okay uh ohio state minus the six and a half uh we touched on a couple of trends one that uh was fading penn state one on on ohio state we also have a pro system high scoring team and a home conference game uh 57 percent all time 62 percent this year um so ohio state minus six and a half uh, like we said, just a bunch of different scenarios that all point against uh, fading Penn State after a big win against Michigan and also taking, you know, whenever there's that top 25 matchup, taking the favorite there. And also it's a good time to go contrarian. Everyone seems to be taking Penn State in the points. So uh, all of that, all those factors all pointing towards Ohio State. So lay the favorite there and take the Buckeyes at home for the big game on Saturday. After you go 3-0 and with those plays, please feel free to send gifts to John and Travis at BetLabSports.com. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. We will give you our personal addresses. Yes. Uh, or the, the company, the office. Right, we'll yeah, yes. <laughs> Mostly okay, just guys. beer. I, I don't know what other present I, I would want, but, yeah, the beer is fine. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Uh, a six-pack. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Broncos, 49ers, and then Buckeyes. Those are your plays for the week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember, subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at bet underscore labs. Until next time, for Travis, I'm John. Peace.